Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. My husband, Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, has been teaching from 1 Kings chapters 10 and 11 as part of his series on heavenly authority. So let's go right back into the sermon and rejoin Pastor Greg. God used Solomon in a mighty, powerful way to draw the nations, to lift up Israel, and to give us wisdom even for today. And what do we read in 1 Kings chapter 11? In my new King James, the first word is, but. It's a sad word, but. But. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. How far we've come from that sacred union you read about in Song of Solomon between he and the, the Shulamite. He's married Pharaoh's daughter, which sets a template. We studied all that. And he knows it's not right because we read last week how he moves her out of the city of David and builds a house for her because it's not right that she's in the same place as the Ark of the Covenant the holy ark. So he knows the pagan worship of this wife is not right. And it leads to him doing the same with many other women, many treaties, many contracts which were common in that day when a king wanted to have security, he would marry women from different nations of the royal families, bring them into his court, and there was a connection between his kingdom and their kingdom, and they would have peace and security to other words that are common in the Antichrist kingdom. And so besides the daughter of Pharaoh, he loved many foreign women, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. But Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives. 700 wives. 700 wives. The kings are not to take many wives onto themselves. Deuteronomy 17. Not much gold, not many horses. Don't go down to Egypt to get horses. We just read that whole section decimated. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Make it around 1,000. And his wives turned away his heart. You know, he's also very soft-hearted. We understand he has a large heart. We read about that. He's actually becoming close to each one of them, and he's absorbing their personalities, and he's absorbing their religion. He loves them. He's not just using them, which is horrendous. But he's also becoming, because he is soft-hearted, he's becoming one with them all, all 1,000 of them. And his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was what? Old. You know, we have this image that as we grow older, we grow wiser. Well, yes, we're meant to. That's the template God has for us, that as we get older, 
we should grow wiser. You know, the things we do when we're young, we don't know any better, we haven't learned life's lessons, you can say, well, I have excuse. Doesn't justify it, but once we know, once we see, once we learn, once our discernment is opened, once our hearts are enlarged, once we see from life's examples, then as we grow old, we should become more sensible, more wise in God's sense, not the world's sense, more restrained, more disciplined, and more that sage with the gray beard that the children can come to and say, teach us about life as we're in the Lord. But really, apart from the Lord, it doesn't work that way. And many times, even believers, even a person that starts in the Lord, like Solomon, can go off in error. And I wonder how much Solomon feels, well, you know, I know so much. I know all these great things. Certainly, this is not wrong. If I want to do it, and I'm so wise, and sometimes that's a problem for old people, even elderly Christians. They figure they've gotten here so far. I've been successful thus far. I'm alive. How many people are dead? I've made it. So every thought that crosses my mind must be right. And rather than growing wise, they grow foolish. It doesn't always mean that the older we get, the wiser we get. Many times, sin has a way of multiplying, and especially if we get weakened or we get depressed or life beats us down, we can make some very foolish decisions. Old age is not a guarantee of God's wisdom. And here, the wisest man that ever was, save one, the wisest born of a natural birth becomes an old fool. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. And we know David did some foolish things as he got older too, right? We've read about them. We've studied that. But still, David kept coming back. David never got to the point in all his sin, even the gross sins, of compromising who God is with other gods. Solomon is going to the point that he's actually accepting all these foreign gods. For Solomon, verse 5, went after Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth, she's the pagan fertility goddess. She's the companion of Baal. She's the sex goddess, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Milcom is a, an equivalent to Molech. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. Very clearly stated. What an honest book we have. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. He followed him a little bit, but he didn't fully follow him. That's the temptation as we get older to start to compromise on our faith in Jesus Christ and let other things rule us. Then, what does he do? Then Solomon, verse 7, built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. Now, Chemosh and Molech 
were worshipped by the sacrifice of what? Children. They would actually kill children, little children's sacrifices on their altar as burnt offerings. These were indeed abominable religions, abominable demons that they called gods, and abominable worship. And he's setting these high places. He's building now temples to them outside Jerusalem, right out on the hills around Jerusalem. And verse 8 says, And he did likewise for all his foreign wives. So he built other altars besides those who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now remember, this is the one chosen. Chosen before he was born. Chosen when he was born. Chosen as a child. The one to build the one temple. The one temple in the one chosen city to the one and only God, Yahweh Elohim. That was his calling. And he did it. And this chosen one who is to build the one temple to the one God now surrounds Jerusalem with high places and places of worship to all these pagan gods. It's just unthinkable. The one gifted with all wisdom and understanding and discernment didn't know enough, didn't fathom enough the depths of his actions, and he turns Israel into an idol-worshipping center because he loved all these women. How sinful is the heart of man. Later on in old age, he would write, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. That is a great definition of the human race and the human condition. What is crooked cannot be made straight, right? One of the symbolic names for the dragon in the Old Testament is the Leviathan, which means literally in Hebrew, the twisted one. And remember, John the Baptist came preaching, repent, make straight the way of the Lord. The devil takes and twists the straight paths. And Solomon is saying here in an old age, what is crooked, what is twisted, cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. The condition of humans, and the more years you live, the more you have to say what is crooked cannot be made straight and what is lacking cannot be numbered. How many times we fall, how many times we do something that creates problems for us, how many times, even as believers, we don't listen to the very words of the Bible we hold and touch and kiss and pray with. With man, who can be saved, it is impossible. 
and you see one situation after the other, if the Lord is not in it, if the situation is not yielded to Jesus Christ, if it's done in the flesh, if it's done in the human self, what is lacking is without numbering, what we lack. The ability, the understanding, the goodness, the holiness is without number. What is crooked, the crooked things, the devil comes into life and he makes this thing crooked and that thing crooked. How can you straighten some of these problems out? How do some of these situations, how can they be straightened out? And in the human sense, the natural sense, vanity of vanities, as the preacher Solomon, old Solomon, will say, it's a grasping for the wind. It can't happen, except that we now have what he did not have, the good news. The good news of the salvation of Jesus Christ. The only way for the unbeliever and the only way for the believer to have the things of this world straightened out, to fill that which is empty to overflowing, is to yield totally and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ, to cling totally and completely to the cross of Jesus. You can find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle on the web. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. Besides location and time for services, you will find an archive of our radio programs and commentaries by Pastor Greg. It is a great site to share with your friends for serious Bible study. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.